0: Thanks for tuning in to Beyond the Bench. This is a podcast for athletic directors, coaches, and leaders, and it's done by three athletic directors from Iowa. I'm Todd Gordon from Greene County in Jefferson, and I'll be joined by Scott Jarvis from Ankeny Centennial and Aaron Stecker from Cedar Rapids Kennedy. If you have any questions or comments you'd like to leave us, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at beyondthebenchgls at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and let's get to today's podcast. Welcome back to Beyond the Bench, and you are listening live, wherever you're at, to Season 2, Episode 31, and uh, we are, we got a lot to talk about today, and uh, we are, it's just Scott and I right now, uh, don't think Aaron's going to join us. Um, Aaron is traveling back from Columbia, Missouri, where he dropped his daughter off for college at the university, and uh, I know he's traveling back, but I, I don't know. Cedar Rapids was hit so bad by that storm mm-hmm. Scott I don't know if he would have jo- been able to join us anyway. Might yeah, have I don't home, know. Would have been I hard. just
1: I just got power today at like about 4:30 or 4:45 so still don't have internet. You know, but my my daughters, you know, they, they don't know what life is like without internet, so they're losing their minds. <laughs> <laughs> you mean they're just having to look at you? Yeah. Well, that's scary enough. Yeah. yeah. They're like, dad, how did you do this without internet? How did you <laughs> grow up without internet? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. We, 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 uh, we did okay.
0: <laughs> Didn't know any different.
1: No. Nope.
0: Well, good. I'm glad you got, got everything back on. And, and, uh, I hope, I just hope, uh, Cedar Rapids can get, get it back on as well. I, I know they got hit awfully hard and We'll talk about some of that in just a little bit, but Aaron won't be with us, so it's Scott and I, and we're going to try and handle our four guests today once we get to them as well. But uh, first, we're going to pay a couple bills, and uh, you know how we lead off. Our leadoff hitter is always hometown ticketing, and if you're an AD interested in saving time or making your job a little less stressful or looking for ways to improve your fan experience at games, we suggest that you take a look at hometown ticketing. Hometown Ticketing provides schools with everything needed to offer professional-level online ticketing at absolutely no cost to your school or athletic program. Hometown integrates industry-leading technology directly into your existing school or athletic website. This provides your fans with a simple and easy ticket-buying experience that takes place directly on your website. They don't have to create an account, remember a password, or download an app. From individual game tickets to customized season pass programs, our friends at Hometown Ticketing can customize an entire ticketing platform for your program. And the best part is it doesn't cost your school or athletic program anything to get started. So own your ticketing with Hometown Ticketing, the official ticketing partner of VNN Sports and Beyond the Bench. Visit www.hometownticketing.com to enroll your school today. That's www.hometownticketing.com. And then how about Gipper? If you want your athletic program to stand out on social media, now you can with Gipper. Using Gipper, you can create and share professional sports graphics to social media in seconds on any device and without needing any design experience. So try Gipper out for free at gogipper.com backslash athletics. Gipper is now in the podcast arena, and you can listen to them by searching for Standout, and that's hosted by Matthew Glick. So check out our partners, Hometown Ticketing and Gipper. And, uh, Scott, one more we always
1: want to mention, one of our
0: sponsors is Varsity Bound.
1: We want to give a huge shout-out to Varsity Bound. They have been instrumental. And helping us develop our pre-screening app for across the state and across the country right now uh, for the COVID-19 screen. So we want to thank Sam and his whole crew at Varsity Bound for all their help and support of Iowa high school athletics this fall. So thank you to Varsity Bound.
0: You bet. Thank you. So we've got uh, four high-powered ADs with us here from across the state of Iowa. Uh, great great men and uh, they run great programs have big influence on their kids and uh, we're just excited we're going to talk through just kind of where we're at right now with uh, everything going on with covid and kind of what's going on in their neck of the woods in the part of the state and then also in their conferences as well so uh, i would like to introduce uh, each one of them individually right now and then uh, guys will have you just tell you where you're at uh, your responsibilities and the size of the school, so everybody kind of knows uh, what that looks like as well. So uh, let's start with our good friend Dave Wright over in Bellevue.
2: Yeah, as Todd said, uh, I'm over in Bellevue, Iowa, um, right on the Mississippi River. Uh, we currently, I'm the 712 activities director, I'm also uh, 612 dean of students, and I teach a government class uh, during the course of the day as well. Um, sometimes I drive the bus. I do have my CDL and bus driver's <laughs> license. So sometimes we do I have to do that. But uh uh our school, high school has around, you know, 200, probably 225 in our high school. So um nine twelve. Uh we've got a couple smaller classes in junior and senior class or junior class this year. So uh we're gonna be class A and in, in football, that's the first time. Uh, I've been here 16 years. I think it's the first time in school history we've been in class A. We're usually in 1A. Girls, were in 2A and everything. And um, boys, we kind of bounce back in basketball. We've been 1A, 2A. Uh, So I think we'll probably be 1A this year. So that's kind of the size of school that we are. All right. Very
0: good. And for those of you that don't know or don't remember, Dave is a illustrious graduate of Jefferson Scranton High School. Where I currently am at it, Green County, and uh, the True off. Rams,
2: the, the true, the true, the true Rams in the state of Iowa.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yep. Yeah. And the biggest uh, dilemma we have going right now in the city of Jefferson is trying to get Dave's statue moved to the new high school. I love uh, it. I know it's being harassed by.
2: Well, it's Long so lie. large. It's so large. Finding a moving company to make that trek from the <laughs> south side is. to the north side is just impossible. It's like moving that big rock that they had to shut the highways down for to Glidden for the Freedom Rock that they did a few years or a few weeks ago. So yeah, yeah, can, it's, it's, it's like the biggest trying hard going right now.
0: Uh, COVID is really nothing compared to getting that statue yep. moved. So
2: I was back there a couple <laughs> weeks ago. I seemed to be the word on the streets. So. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and if, if you don't uh, don't believe that, just ask him and he'll fill you in as well. <laughs> well, hey, let's go to Southwest Iowa, a place near and dear to my heart, uh, back in my old stomping grounds, and another guy with a 712 area code. Uh, Jeff Beeson, how you doing?
3: Doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Jeff Beeson, 912 High School Activities Director at Glenwood. We're just uh, 15, 20 minutes south of Council Bluffs as well as downtown Omaha, so in a great area here uh 650 kids in our high school class 3a on the boys side class 4a on the girls side and i'm entering uh year nine as an ad hard to believe it's year nine already but thanks for having me you bet you bet thanks jeff and
0: uh let's go to northwest iowa um great town of spencer
4: taylor chapman's with us yeah thanks for having me todd and scott um like todd said going into my third year at spencer uh 712 activities director uh, we have about a, we have some large classes going through our high school. So we're about seven, I think going to be close to 720 this year. Um, so class 3A uh, for boys, 4A for girls. Um, it's been great to learn from a lot of you guys these first few years. Uh, so I appreciate you having me and um, looking forward to it. Yeah, thanks, Taylor. And then finally, we're going to
0: swing back around to central Iowa and uh, – Man with a uh, great vision and great facilities and great, great uh, programs. Uh, he's just taken that to another level. Brent Butcher at Dallas Center Grimes.
5: What's up, guys? Good, to, good to be with you again. Uh, Brent Butcher, Dallas Center Grimes. This is year two uh, over at uh, DCG. Starting year two, uh, year fourteen uh, as an activities administrator, and uh, coming up on year twenty-nine in education. So <laughs> hard to believe. Hard wow. to believe, but it's been a it's been a great run and looking to, uh, to finish strong here. So, um, 712 activities director at DCG. Um, our girls are a four, a program and our boys are a three, a program. And, um, it, it's been a, it's been a great move for me and, uh, excited to be with you guys here tonight and talk a little bit about, uh, protocols, procedures, and hopefully a future. Yeah. No doubt.
0: No doubt. Well, thanks to y'all. And, um, uh, we're going to dive right in and uh, we're going to rotate the order that we answer questions uh, just so everyone's hitting lead off once in a while and then somebody be hitting cleanup. Uh, Scott and I will rotate asking questions and uh, maybe chime in a little bit with what we're doing in our area as well. Uh, but we really want to hear from you guys. Uh, people hear from us all the time. So it's great to have you four here. And, and again, we thank you for being with us. First thing I just want you to, to talk about. Um, is what you're most concerned about moving into week two of practice and uh, into the school year. And we're going to start with you, Butch. What, what are you most concerned about?
5: I just think that, you know, we've worked so hard over the course of the, the, the summer to make sure that we've got our protocols in place. Sometimes we did things really well. Uh, other times uh, maybe we didn't. Um, but I know that our fall uh, activities have – have uh, really bought into a lot of the things that we're, uh, you know, kind of pushing at them right now. So I guess probably my biggest concern to be quite honest with you is, um, you know, getting back into school, even though, even though we want to see our students and, and, um, but, but increasing that general population, you know, and, and having something go wrong in the classroom and having that affect the practice field, um, which, which could be a reality. So I guess that's it. You know, I think everybody's, uh, they understand that, you know, they understand that um, guaranteed today, you know, um, so let's make the best of it at practice. Um, but those that's probably the one thing that probably concerns me the most is, um, you know, inviting those kids back in and the, the teachers and <clears throat> uh, just having to kind of go haywire. So that's maybe more of an unknown than it is a concern, I guess. Right, for sure. Taylor,
4: how about you?
0: What
4: are you most concerned about? Yeah, Brent, those are a lot of great points, honestly, you know, and we're, I think like education is so important of our communities and our parents for how, and our kids too, of how this will all be handled uh, from a positive case or an exposure. And, um, you know, just so they know, uh, I think we went back and forth a lot with our nurse and um, public health of, do you, are you upfront about that? Um, or do you just handle it on a case by case basis? And I'm a believer, you educate people as much as you can. Um, so they know going in. Um, but, uh, you know, I hear you too with we're coming back to school, hundred percent, uh, we give the online option to kids and families. Um, we only have like six or 7% of our district that took it. Uh, we're also requiring masks, uh, or a face covering, um, in school. Uh, you know, so we're implementing that a lot of that into our practices and will at our events. Um, you know, so hopefully that helps limit those, uh, the exposures our kids will have, uh, heading back into the school day. But I think one of my bigger concerns is probably, um, and you know, we're going to be pretty cautious with, uh, which we weren't, uh, in baseball and softball in terms of spectators. Um, uh, so we're going to limit a lot at our volleyball. But football will be the biggest one uh distant wasn't really something we need to address we don't have a ton of attendance at baseball softball in the summer um you know so how our community is going to react to that um mm-hmm. i hope they respect it uh yeah. you know you can always peel back if it's going well you know maybe you let you know and a few more hundred people in or you open up the gate a little more um but i think it's important uh to keep it going and make it last that we be you know, take every precaution we can and control what we can control. So I hope our community reacts to that well. Um, and we'll see here and we have a school board meeting on the 25th where I think it will probably be public, but.
0: yeah, for sure. Good point,
4: Jeff, what
3: About you. Yeah, I think the the big thing is, you know, are we doing enough for our kids and are we doing enough to give them the chance to compete? You look around at every school around you and they're doing this or they're not doing this and you know are, are we doing enough can i do do more and what is that what's right you know and so trying to figure that out the unknown of this whole thing um gives a lot of anxiety and stressful situations for coaches and how to handle it and what what does one case do uh if you're starting center on football gets it what does that do to your quarterback or the people that are next to him you know how do we handle that? how do we move forward um you know so like taylor said trying to be up front trying to let them know the guidance that we've been provided, trying to work with your public health with, with all that stuff, um, are the things that we've tried to do, you know, and we can really only control kids and I use control lightly from eight to 6 PM, mm-hmm. you know, if you practice till yep. then, and then what happens after six when they go home and what happens on the weekends, you know, you, mm-hmm. you see national media about all these large groups and gatherings. Well, you know, you hope what you do from eight to six is not being thrown out the window. Um, you know, after that, you know, so th- yeah. those are the big concerns we have because there's a, just a lot of unknown and uncontrollables. And, you know, as school administrators and educators, we like to always be in control of, of what's going on. And sometimes right now, we don't know what's about to happen. Yeah. No doubt. Dave, what about you?
2: Well, it's kind of piggyback on what, what uh, Brent and Taylor and Jeff said um, in regards to this kind of the unknowns, but I kind of get concerned about um, the unity of, you know, not our school, our conference. Um, I mean, we could probably take a poll of the six guys on this podcast right now, and we, we may all have different opinions on what should be done or what shouldn't be done or how things are going, um, and it can be divisive, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's been, you know, I, I've, I've really struggled with our coaches and talking to them this fall, you know we've we've really worked on trying to develop a family, um, trying to do team bonding things, trying to have team meals and stuff like that. And then I have to stand up there and say, uh, this year, those things shouldn't be taking place. You know, mm-hmm. um, all that good stuff <laughs> we've been spending time uh, yeah. trying to build, and and then you know just kind of you know you start. We'll get into what our protocols are going to be, but, you know, people's opinions on face masks and, you know, that gets kind of, in our community anyway, uh, being a little smaller, you know, there's, you know, vast differences, end of the spectrum. And I just, Mm -hmm. you know, I just want to make sure that we we remain unified in what we're trying to do here. That's my biggest concern is to get people on the same page.
1: Yep.
0: That's a great point, Dave, because you're right. Yeah. We, we spend so much time, all of us, trying to get our programs to work together and our kids to work together. And to, and then you're right, this year it's like, yeah, man,
2: can't yeah. do it. I, I, I kind of I, I forgot to mention on the, on the unified thing, you know, uh, we had to shut our softball season down um, this summer, you know, with a couple weeks left, so we didn't play in the tournament series. and. Um, you know, th- there was some – some. we had a positive test, actually ended up uh, being an assistant coach, but there was a question of a player that was uh, exposed to it. And I think there were, you know, trying to keep kids from laying blame. You know, if someone does yeah. contract it or whatever, um, you, you'd like to think that everybody understands that. But, you know, I just – that that's where I'm just kind of struggling with how do we get that message yeah. that, hey – there's a chance. There's a good chance that we may have to shut down for two weeks, and we yep. can't we can't be pointing fingers because, quite honestly, I don't know if there's um, any of us that have completely isolated ourselves to, to do our thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, I just wanted to mention that.
1: Yep. Good point. Yep.
2: Good
0: point, guys. Any anytime you want to chime in with a response to a a comment or a question, you know, like that. It's, it may have any ideas on how we, we can keep our kids and our programs unified or and or not point fingers if, if we have to shut things down?
1: I think uh, Jeff talked about it a little bit already. It's just that, and, and Dave talked about it too, it's just that communication piece. And one thing I've talked to our coaches about is like, it's nobody's fault. I mean, our coaches are, and all your coaches are working really hard to try to mitigate the exposure for these kids. And like Jeff said, we can do everything possible when they're with us. And then when they go home or they go home to parents that go to work every day and they come home and they expose their kids or, uh, you know, kids are going to, you know, brothers and sisters, weddings or whatever it is. And at the end of the day, it's nobody's fault. I I think that's the big thing that I've tried to push to our coaches because if you do have to shut down, our coaches feel bad, our kids feel bad. Uh, Our football coaches just met with our kids yesterday at practice and just told them, hey, if you guys are sick, if you guys – you know, there's the kids are telling everybody, you know, and there's kids throughout the state, they're telling them, hey, don't get tested. You know, if you're sick, just stay home and don't say anything. And our coaches really hit that hard yesterday and say, hey, we can't do that. If we want to make it through this season, we got to be honest with one another and we got to tell each other the truth because if we're going to lie and and try to hide it, it's going to make it worse. And then it's just going to prolong and we're not going to be able to play in the playoffs. So we're not going to have a full season because so many people are just trying to cover it up.
0: Yeah. Well, let's go. We're going to go through, um, is some of the, the protocols, some of the guidance we got, and just kinda see what you're doing in your, your area for some of these things. So if you have a positive case or somebody has been exposed to a positive case, one of the first things they ask is who is the contact? So Taylor, who's the contact up there if somebody in activities is exposed?
4: That's a great question, and um, our coach has always been really good at communicating with me. Um, particularly since all this started, um, especially with baseball, softball, and now heading into fall sports. With that, practices starting last week, and uh, we had camps towards the end of end of July. Um, some team camps uh, or individual stuff that we did with our youth kids in town. Um, you know, and our football coach and volleyball coach called me daily, uh, so kind of that. way we're handling is they will call me or or notify me and then i'll notify our nurse in public health uh and we'll kind of handle it from there and um, a big thing that we stressed to our secretaries the other day where they're going to be fielding so many phone calls when we get into school is we told them in our high school and across the district is like you guys don't have to be health professionals we'll give you kind of a script of questions to ask them uh, you know, and that's what I stress to my coaches, too, is like, you know, I'm not one either. But, you know, to take it off, you're, you guys have to just worry about enough. Um, you know, just tell me, uh, kid's sick or kid was exposed, and I will take care of it with our health professionals in our community, uh, from our district nurse and uh, in public health in Clay County. Um, so that's kind of how we're, you know, not notify our principal and superintendent and, and stuff like that. Gotcha. Jeff, how about you? How
3: about down in Glenwood? Yeah, I think it's the, the chain of command and however that works, but it's got to go up and it's got to come down. You know, so if it, if it comes from the coach to me, then it's got to go back to your principal, you know, public health involved at some point. But then it's got to go up the ladder and it's also has to come down the ladder, you know, because there's nothing to hide here. You know, so sure. let's make sure everyone is informed of what's going on this summer. We had a freshman baseball kid from Harlan. I think he tested on Thursday. Somehow he played on Friday against us and got his test back after he played us that he was positive, you know? So there's some frustration there on our end maybe because why is he even playing? But regardless, it happened. How are we going to deal with it? So mm-hmm. I'm communicating to parents. I'm communicating to our freshman baseball coaches. I'm communicating to f- officials and umpires, you know, and working with public health. Like, Hey, what do we need to do? But regardless of who it is or how it is, and here it's, you know, depending on what level it happens, it's going to work its way up, and then it needs to work its way down. But public health is ultimately the one who's going to tell us how to handle it. Who needs to be involved? Contact tracing, um, you know, and then we're going to handle it um, internally, probably as a as an admin team. But that's kind of how we've handled things so far. Good, Dave. About you?
2: Well, we we kind of also at, kind of handled it as a admin team, superintendent, the principal, and myself. Um, you know, basically, coaches uh, obviously have – if play, if it's a player, the coaches usually are the ones that – like in the softball, the player came to the coach and said, hey, uh, I was around someone. Um, so then she called me, and then we got together as an admin team, and um, then we found out while we were doing that investigation that actually our coach, one of the assistant coaches, found out she was a direct contact after the game. Um, and anyway, so we basically we do it as a team and sometimes people will contact we're a little, I mean we're a small school so superintendent and principal are you know right next door to me. Our uh, you know it might be a little different at a larger school in terms of how those things uh, operate but uh, we're in constant communication so uh, I guess I've I've instructed our coaches that if you have that that I need to know and then I let our superintendent know and and like the other guy said we'll have our county public health is, is in there. We seek their guidance and we go from there. Very right, good. How
5: about you, Brett? Yeah, for us, our kids have been instructed to contact coaches if they've, uh, <clears throat> if they're going to be going in for a test or if they, um, have been exposed, uh, you know, through their screening, et cetera. Um, uh, if we have an issue, our coaches then will, um, email and or text myself as well as a school nurse or I would say our school nurse is probably our main point of contact she's going to be um, then contacting Polk County Health and um, and based on what the recommendations are then she will deliver the emails out as to what the protocol is going to be so I would say our school nurse is probably our main point of contact um, but through the coaches um, and through our students so that's where we're at Gotcha. Yeah,
0: I'll just add before I throw it to Scott for the next question that, you know, I, I just, our public health has been fantastic to work with and to mm-hmm. communicate with. And uh, I would assume all you guys are in the same same boat. They've just been top notch and uh, yep. working side by side. It hasn't been, you know, Dave, you talk about not blaming. I mean, it's just, she's been yeah. tremendous in Greene yep. County.
2: I guess one other nugget I, I didn't mention was, you know, we also have to watch out for the uh, privacy of those individuals yep. too and keeping that, that's, that's a yeah. difficult part. Cause I mean, it's, you know, and you guys are in small enough schools and people know, but you know, you can't, you can't talk and it's protecting the privacy of those people. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that might be a concern I could add to the first question as well. Yeah. Yeah. Good point.
3: Dave, yep. I, think you're, I think you're exactly right, because the kid gets it in the weight room, and the parents around the kid lifting, they're aware of it, but maybe we're not, or the kid hasn't shown up for a week. And so you're hearing yep. from other parents, like, hey, this girl's got her, this kid has it," and like, I haven't heard that. Well, you public feel? health can only tell you so much, right? Um, yep. or maybe the kid hasn't been there. And if the contract tracing, I think is how it's been here, is it's on the kid. So who's been within six feet of you for longer than 15 minutes? Well, if you don't remember what you did yesterday, how do you remember the last, <laughs> last, the last 48 hours before you had yeah. symptoms, who you've been around? You know, yeah, that's, you, that's you sometimes a the frustrating part.
2: The first question, you know, most parents will ask whenever, I mean, I, I have this, when you have a discipline or anything is, well, who was it? Yeah, You know, and I'm like, sorry, I can't, I can't divulge that. We just know that there was a person there and, yep. you know, it's, it's, that, that's just the, that's the tough part sometimes because people know, but, and they know, you know, and, uh, but you can't say anything, which you shouldn't. So, yeah.
1: Yep. Crazy. So I got the next question here, guys, but, and I'll start with you, Jeff, but what are you guys doing for your health screening?
3: Yeah, we put the onus back on the kids and uh, the parents, you know, and that could really start with baseball, softball. Our 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 parent or our coaches weren't going to take temperatures outside before they got there. You know, it was on the kids to do that, whether before they left in the morning, whether right before practice, whatever that depended on. You know, we've done that. We, we haven't gone to the varsity-bound screener, even though I like that. Um, you know, I just – I don't know. The, the body aches, the headaches. Man, we got some kids that are doing a lot of different things and got them yep if they're working out or they're working hard, their body should probably hurt every single day, you know? So is that, is that symptom (laughs) number one? Or is that reality of uh, working hard and getting older and yada, 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 you know? So right or wrong, that's just how we, we've handled it. Uh, It's on our kids, it's on our parents, but our coaches and sponsors have been told, you know, you got to talk about it. First three minutes of practice. You got to go through it. Is anyone feeling bad? Is anyone feeling sick? Get out of here. Um, yep. you know, if you're getting tested, you got to wait till you get a result result back. So, yep. uh, hopefully the communication has been well enough to where we can handle it the way we have. And now with school starting, I think one of the concerns was, are we taking temps before school? And then after we practice eight hours later, are they still good? Do we have to read, recheck all that stuff? Um, but yeah, it's back on the onus of the kids and parents for us at Glenwood.
1: Yep. Hey Dave, how about you? What are you guys doing for health screening?
2: Well, we, well, that's way we've been running as well. It's on the kids, but I'm going to implement the Varsity Bound app here. Get okay. that uh, I just talked to them uh, last week, and I was a little late to the party on that. So yeah. um, I think I like that. So we're going to roll that out this week, and okay. that way at least we have some sort of a record. But basically it is, it is on the kids, and we've informed the parents of that. And so that's kind of where we're at.
5: Brett, how about you at DCG? What are you guys doing? Yeah, we got fairly aggressive right up front in baseball, softball. So um, we actually, all of our coaches, uh, even even as of yesterday, um, are taking temperatures and asking questions uh, on site. Um, and I guess I don't know if we're going to be doing that as we get school started here yet. I haven't. We haven't decided that yet. Um, we did talk with Varsity Bound uh, regarding the screening app and uh, but, but I guess the reason that there were two there were two reasons why I decided to do that number one I wasn't so sure at you know starting baseball and softball that people were going to be responsible enough to do that at home and given the mm-hmm. state of affairs that we were in you know back in June just trying to get things going um, we felt it was important to uh, to do that on site so uh, yeah. took a little extra time um, a few extra thermometers um, yeah. and coaches to do that but that's how we Ah, uh, did this summer and then our fall is <clears throat> following suit with that. Um, again, I don't know if that's the way we're going to head into school or not, but that's what we're doing right now. What we're doing it on site, um, yep. and, and I guess a lot of it's just, you know, I want our kids to know that um, this is a it's a, it's real, it's real, yep. okay. And if you're showing up to practice and you're having to do your thermometer test and and uh, ask some questions, they're 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 still thinking about it at that point in time. So, yep, good point. Taylor, how about you?
4: Oh, we kind of took the uh, the same path as DCG um, yeah, and take attempts and, and doing the screening on site. Uh, so most of our coaches, uh, baseball, softball, um, you know, they had a one-inch binder and they had their sheet every day that they went through. Uh, you know, the first few days, I told them ask them the specific questions, the symptoms. like So like Brent said, is they're getting it in their head and this is real and, and yep. uh, they got to take it seriously. Um, but then as you know, it got past the first week, I think most of them just took temps and said, do you have any of the COVID symptoms? Um, yeah. and just, uh, it wasn't taken 15, 20 minutes. Um, sure. and we're actually going to screen kids when they get to their first class, uh, when school starts next <laughs> Monday, um, they're going to take those temperature checks. on the first period teacher. Um, so I think <laughs> our teachers learned that tomorrow morning. So we'll see how that goes with our staff. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But uh, so that we're we're not gonna do it when school starts. You know, eight hours later. Uh, I've talked yeah. to our nurse and public health and superintendent and principal about that. Just I think it's really kind of you know double dip. And if we and I, I don't know, it's like okay. So then the kids in school eight hours a day. Uh, and if they didn't screen at the beginning of the day, like I don't know. I, you know, I asked at three thirty, what's yeah, risk your team? But they were just mm-hmm. school for six and a half seven hours. Um, So I'm glad we're doing that as a district and then, you know, we don't have to take that time at the end of practice, but they're doing it right now. Um, You know, I thought Jeff brought up a great point when he talked about, okay, so like the headaches, body aches, you know, you got to, everything I've talked to our coaches and our nurses about and, and educating them is you got to ask follow up questions like, ah, just because you have a headache doesn't mean you have COVID, which I've had, had cases in town where kids have been positive and they've only had a headache or mm-hmm. sniffles but um you know okay how long has it lasted um you know yeah. where then have you know are you hydrated have you been drinking water today you know yep. so um not just jump into a you know and then do you send them home too like okay they yep. say they have a headache on the screening do you have to send them home right away or yep. You know, those are some questions where we went in circles for hours. It seemed like trying to decide, you know, what was yeah. protocol and what do you do when a kid doesn't yep. have that. Um, so, yeah. yeah, those are
1: really good points, Taylor. I we struggled with that this summer too, is, you know, where kids had headaches because they're dehydrated, or you know, we had some um, student athletes that you know have migraines, and do they do we have to stay home if we have a migraine that we've you know had for years? So I know that's something we really struggled with too. So mm-hmm. those are all really
4: good points. Yeah, when we went through our peak, and know we're kind of a rise in Clay County right now, but mm-hmm. after Memorial Day, uh and our nurse directed me in public health. If kids do have any sort of symptom, they need to go yeah. home. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, and then they stayed yep. home for three days and yep. you know, if they never test positive, then they came back after being symptom free for three days. But um, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's tough. Yeah. I, don't, there's, I don't know if there's the right answer. Hey, no, right, right. Yeah. Real quick yeah. question for everybody here.
5: Um uh what's everybody what's everybody's plans for return to learn? We're we're gonna be hybrid at, at DCG. What's everybody else's plans? We're hybrid at Centennial Ankeny, Brent. Taylor
1: We
0: are Green County as well, we're hybrid. We have about, I think, last count, twenty students we're going to do total online everyone else says they're showing up when we start classes
4: uh, we're coming back hundred percent the gay families option to do uh, online I think we had 130 some students k12 um, decide to and we have about 2100 students in our district so about six or seven percent decide not to come to school but otherwise we've changed like in our high school though we changed to a block to limit interactions and and stuff like that but we're coming back hundred percent
3: We're the same as, uh, we're the same as Taylor. We're coming back full speed. Uh, we start Thursday actually. So, um, you know, I I got some concerns with lunch. We're going to try and spread them out the best we can. We got concerns with PE locker rooms and all that. I mean, there's just some things we kind of, we, I don't know if it's trial and error. We're going to try and figure it out. Um, but it ain't going to be 100% six feet and perfect. I know that. So, Mm um, but with 650 kids in our building, there's just no way to social distance and Mm -hmm. anywhere from 15 to 25 kids in a class. We have tried to limit classes and we're trying to spread them out and we're trying to do all that. We have plexiglasses for teachers to teach behind, um, you know, to try and protect themselves. So that's, that's one thing, but that's where we're at.
2: Yeah, And we're the same. We're coming back uh, face to face five days a week. Uh, We gave students up a, option of staying at home obviously so they can go completely online i think we had less than five percent of our student body k-12 that um chose that option so we're gonna have most of our kids here and then we're trying to split sections and uh larger sections you know have them go in the gym or something like that in a bigger area so that's what we're doing
0: hmm. good question brent thank you yeah so this is, again, not right or wrong. It's kind of where you're at. But uh, I think it's just people want to know a little bit about what you're doing. Uh, Dave, are your athletes and coaches wearing masks at all? Are they at practice?
2: Uh, our athletes, um, for example, our volleyball team, when they come in the building, they're wearing masks. They're wearing masks in mm-hmm. the locker rooms. Uh, yeah. Our coaches, indoor coaches, are wearing masks uh, pretty much the whole time. Football players, they're supposed to have masks on when they enter the building and when they're in the locker room until they go out uh, to practice. When they're out practicing, um, they're not wearing masks. Our coaches are outside. They're not wearing masks. Uh, The volleyball players themselves, anytime that they are not uh, actively participating in a drill or something like that, if there's people standing on the side, they put a mask on. So it's, it's – uh, we kind of went with the, uh, you know, the weight room guidance where people were expected mm-hmm. to wear face masks in the weight room. And so we kind of just took that, the inside uh, times we're going to have our, have our coaches and players wearing masks as much as possible. We're not asking players to wear masks when they are actually competing or, you know, participating in a drill, I guess, would be the way <laughs> I'd put it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Brent, what about you, DCG?
5: <laughs> um <clears throat> we've got uh currently anytime any student athlete or coach comes into the building, uh, they're masked until they get to their location. Um uh, volleyball coaches are being are masked, uh volleyball athletes um, while they're doing their screening, they are, of course. And then once they get themselves uh, socially distanced um, and into practice, they have not been. Uh, football, on the other hand, uh, has been masked 100% the entire time, uh, which hmm. I, I think has been really impressive to watch. That, to be honest with you, I'm not sure I would like yeah. that situation, but they've they've gutted through that, and and uh, it's uh, it's been kind of neat to watch cross country. Um, yeah, go ahead. How have the how have the players
2: responded to that? The football players, I mean, and the coaches.
5: Well, they think, yeah, they think it sucked. I mean, there's no question about it. (laughs) Uh, But at the same, at the same time, you know, when the message is being given that we'll do anything we possibly can to get us to a season and season, kids will. You know how it is. Kids will occasion. Kids will uh, reach the benchmark, and uh, you know. Uh, at the same time, um, it's not. It's not all by any means. Um, cross country is uh, able to do some different things outside, of course. Um, but uh, I know that in in, in programs, um, uh, cross country programs, it's it's probably at this end of the spectrum in terms of super in charts pods distancing masking when we can and have to um you know uh it's super detailed and and the other program is not quite as detailed um i do still following uh calls and other things so it's some there's definitely some different uh i want to say spots on the spectrum that even our coaches within our department are following
0: Good. Taylor, how about uh, Spencer?
4: Yeah, at first I I think Brent brought up a great point um, about, uh, you know, kids rising to the occasion when you set the expectation for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Our superintendent and I talked about uh, since we will be requiring a face covering in school, um, uh, if you can socially distance, um, you don't have to wear it, but when you're in the building, uh, you know, if the teacher has, and at teacher discretion or staff discretion, they can tell a kid you can you're allowed to take your face covering off. But our met and I told our coaches our message had to change. You know, to push for if we wanted this to work, we had to do everything in our power to you know to make our seasons last as long as they can. Um, and when kid, you know, so we are requ- you know not requiring them, but they're wearing them at practice for football, um, similar to Dave um, uh, they uh, are, and for volleyball, they're wearing them when they're entering the facility. Uh, they're probably a little worse than our our football team where then they don't wear them the rest of practice. So, um, that's an area where we can improve, but you know, our, our message had to change of, you know, we had to set the bar for our kids that this was the expectation we had to wear a mask or face covering when we can't socially distance. Um, and, you know, If you are on top of them about it, they'll learn and know that that's the expectation. This is what we're going to do for, for for our football our volleyball or cross-country season. Uh, and similar to Brenner, um, we have a brand-new cross-country coach. She's not new to coaching. She's coached for 25 years and has been a head track coach at Algona. But, um, you know, she, first day at camp, kind of put him through a test run and then potted him after that. I'm just like, hey, you know, you can wait. And, you know, cause kids will then jump to this is our varsity. This is our JV. This is this group. Um, you know, but the kids responded well to it. And, um, she does a great job having them in groups of three or four and, um, our coaches work together and keeping them spaced out. And, um, so you know, we try to, uh, when we can't socially distance and it's not perfect, uh, but we uh, do the best we can. Um, so, Coach, and coaches do as well, sorry. Very good.
1: Um, yep.
3: Jeff, how about down Glenwood? Yeah, so our staff, when they come back on Thursday, and now that they're back for in-service, they're going to be required to wear it. So we've kind of taken that same stance with our our, our coaches as well to make sure they're wearing them. Like Dave, our volleyball kids wear them when they come in, but then when they practice, uh, they take them off and they use a locker room and they can't social distance. They need to have it on. Uh football really being outside has been pretty laxed in terms of what they've been doing coming and going um it's highly encouraged for kids when we get back to school but as i mentioned earlier um you know national watching national stuff there's there's not a lot of kids wearing that so however what message are we going to tell our athletes when school starts you know and i think if our coaches say athletes you need to wear a mask hopefully we get our leaders to do that and everyone buys in but Uh, when your leaders aren't doing it, then your kids aren't buying in as well. So that's one of the concerns that I mentioned earlier, like, are we doing enough? And that's one thing I go back and forth because I see some doing it. I see some that aren't, Um, what are they doing after they leave us at six o'clock? Are they throwing everything out the window? Um, So that's just kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. Yeah. Good points. I think, I think
0: that's valid, Jeff. Um, I've kind of told our coaches and our kids too. It's like, you know, I, Especially our coaches. We just have to control what we can control when they're with us. Yep. And hopefully, you know, but we know that if kids are going to contact it or, you know, they're not going to get it at practice probably because we're we're going above and beyond what a lot of schools are doing that they'll be doing during the class day. So you're right. If hopefully you can get our leaders to buy in to do it, uh, that will help as well. But if we can control eight to six – that's all we can do. And then hope that they, they buy in. I, I, I told her when I've talked to our teams too, it's, I mean, I've heard some great stories from this summer to where, you know, kids really kind of closed the window around their teams. And there, mm-hmm. were, there were kids not going on vacations. They were not going with yep. their families over the fourth of July because they wanted to have a season. They kind of closed ranks. And yep. I said, that's the choice you have to make. Are you going to close ranks? Um, you know, you. Maybe you can't go hang out with your friends in Panora or Jeff- or in uh, Ames. You know, you just got to make some choices like that once in a while. How yeah. how important is this to you? That's what yeah. they have to answer.
1: Yeah, I, I, our coaches have done a really good job of wearing masks. And honestly, uh, this summer, our our kids did a really good job. Um, but even our cross-country runners if they're you know within six feet they we bought gators for just about every kid in our program and and our kids have been pretty good about put, getting those up if they ever get within six feet our football teams if they're not in active they've been pulling those gators up and um, all summer long in our open gyms and basketball camps our kids were really good about um, having their masks on so i've been proud of the way our coaches and kids have kind of stepped up to the mask wearing so Uh, So guys, this is, this is, you know, obviously this has been a tough time for all of us, but uh, what changes in practice procedures have you guys done as far as social distancing, timing of drills? I know that our coaches have, um, you know, again, tried to use the masks, have really been on our kids about social distancing and they've changed their practice times up. So they're really having like 10 minute segments to keep that exposure rate down under 15 minute, you know, the 15 minute exposure rate. But are are you guys doing similar things, Brent, or are you guys doing some things differently now than, than in the past that that you've seen that uh, has been helping and has kind of mitigated the spread?
5: Yeah, I think, I think the biggest, uh, probably most, most noticeable differences is just how kids enter and exit, especially enter facilities Mm -hmm. and practices. Um, Yeah. And again, those coaches who are really detail-oriented have figured out um, and expected, you know, potting, uh, Uh excuse me, potting or um, social distancing, whatever happens to be. Um, So that's probably been the most noticeable Um, when you get into (laughs) the nitty-gritty of practice. And and you talk to Scott Highland, our our head football coach, he'll tell you that um, he's taken some team sessions. So if you're working on team defense and if you, if last year you had that scheduled for 15 or 20 minutes, yep. you are taking team defense down to 10 or 12, then yep. taking a break and going to something different and coming back to it or whatever it to be. You know, so, um, you know, of course the, uh, hand sanitizing after, after drill sessions, um, you yep. know, and that's been, that's been kind of neat to see coaches, um, build that into their practice scripts. You know where yeah. you're, you're breaking. You hear them say, "Hey, water break. All right, make sure you sanitize your hands and come on back to this drill." You know, yeah. so uh, things like that. So, yeah, I, I would say <clears throat> those are some of the some of the highlights um, um, from what I've seen. Um, yeah, you know, outside of you know, um, you know, different waves of kids arriving at certain times, and mm-hmm. uh, and then again, really trying to be as. Intentional as we possibly can this early in the season about separating levels. Right. I think that's another probably another big issue because you know traditionally, obviously, you know you may not you might have sixty girls or seventy girls in a in a gym for volleyball, and so yeah. I think it's our kids, or a lot of our coaches, to uh, split those teams probably earlier than what they would like yeah. just to create the space in between those levels.
1: Yeah. How about you Taylor up in Spencer? What's your, yeah, what's I been your highlights?
4: That. Uh, kind of piggyback a lot off of what Brent said, you know, we, yeah. our volleyball separated levels really early, um, mm-hmm. earlier than she would have normally, um, and does, does a great job of staggering those practices. Um, we actually held off on our freshmen even starting until tomorrow, uh, <laughs> just because they didn't have a competition for, I think it was almost four weeks. Or oh, three weeks. that's, so a, that's a good idea seemed like a lot of time so it allowed yeah. her and her assistants to focus on yeah um, uh, the jv and varsity and, and staggering those practices and kind of work through yeah, some that's a good idea um you know, our football is you know even from back when he started quarterbacks mid-july um you know, first started with quarterbacks and then, you know, the next week he brought in running backs and each added a little more. Uh, and each time we added somebody, we staggered kind of groupings and potting, mm-hmm. similar to Brent talked about, um, you know, and then the, the other things like Brent said too, the sanitizing during um, yeah. just being at practice, it's been encouraging to see our coaches take this very seriously, uh, yeah. you know, and setting up stations throughout practice, whether it be outside or inside our gym, um, you know, when they do go get a water break saying, you know, and, and seeing our kids actually do it, you know, it's, yeah, um, <laughs> gives you a little hope that we're not all doing this for nothing, uh, right. yeah. <laughs> and all this time to put the procedures in place and, and then it not be done. And we have to have yeah. those conversations after. So, um, yeah. yeah, a lot of, a lot of what Brenda said, um, I didn't, I don't so much get into the, you know, I think some of our coaches are doing it, the timing of drills, um, you know, specifically football, um, yeah. in our cross country, like I said earlier, is potted already. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I let them handle it. And, um, yeah, I think it's a great idea. So I might need to have some, yeah. some of those conversations this week. Um, yeah. so the one question too, and I've asked our public health and nurses a lot is okay. So when you talk about six feet for 15 minutes, is it, consecutive 15 minutes or is it a collective 15 minutes? And Todd, I think I talked to you about this a couple weeks ago when we had had lunch, um, you know, and I've never gotten a straight answer. Uh, but it's, you like need to know that too, to be honest with you, because that's been beating me up. I don't, I don't know.
5: Okay. There are different things. Mm-hmm. I've, it, you know.
1: I've heard, I've heard it's consecutive 15 minutes.
0: Okay. But that's what I'm going with as well is consecutive yeah. 15 minutes. Okay. But then they would
3: but then they would tell you like unless a sweat droplet touched them. so if a kid got tackled or like something like that, and I'm like, well, I get that, you know, but there's <laughs> yeah. just there's just so many scenarios to where <laughs> yeah. you're like, okay, we're gonna rotate every 14 minutes so everyone's good. Well, did that person touch them or you know it's it's
1: I, I think' I, you know that's the crazy thing about all this is that every single time you call your, your health department, it's gonna be different every time. And that's gonna be what's tough for our parents and our kids to understand is not every single situation is gonna be handled the same. Because every single situation is so different. Um, that's gonna be for me one of the things that's gonna to be toughest because you're gonna have this team shut down, this team didn't. Why is it different? You know, well, because the exposure, whatever the exposure was, was different. The, whether it was it was exposed at practice or it was exposed. At home, or was exposed at the beach, or wherever it was, it's just going to be different every single time. And I think the, our county health departments are going to give us different guidance based on on that. Every single time it's different, they're going to give us different guidance.
3: And Scott, no, I mean no offense to any public health, but we have yeah. like two, two or three people in in Mills County. Polk County is completely different. So if you're oh, dealing yeah. with, yeah, you're dealing with twenty public health people, are all twenty people exactly telling you the same thing? You know, Probably so not. you, you call, but Ankeny calls and you may get the same scenario, but maybe just a little different guidance, you know, and that's, yep. that's the frustrating part for all of us. I get it, but that's just, I think where we're yeah. at, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I,
0: I completely agree. I hadn't even but, thought of that because I deal with one public health person.
1: Right. Daddy. And so. I've dealt, and I've dealt with four yeah. different people that's in different time, at yeah. different times. Yeah. You know? Time. So. It's yeah, where, and, and uh, I go ahead, Scott. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say that's the tough part, and I completely agree with you guys. It's, it's
4: just gonna be what it is. So we're uh, unfortunate, like Todd and Dave, to live in, uh, and really, and Jeff, to live in a small community where <laughs> we only have one person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where you guys in Polk County you have, like Jeff said, and you just talked about, Scotty, have so many. Um, yeah, I just I have the lady's cell phone. And I just call her directly. <laughs> yeah. uh, which then I, I feel bad for her, honestly, because yeah, it, it's not just us contacting them. It's no and right. And it, it mid after Memorial day, probably mid June, once we got, you know, I don't know man, how many cases it was, but uh, she told me one time that she handed our contract tracing over to the state. And I was just like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. nothing against the state, but I knew then that's another separation from, you know, yep. me being able to call her, okay, here's what I heard. These are the kids that are involved. Um, then she would start to open up to me of the case. Uh, if I knew the specific kids, then she would, you know, we talked about the privacy earlier to where, yep. so, um, but then, you know, it's more time we're spending too, contact tracing, calling parents, calling the kids, yep. calling coaches um, and doing all that back and work. and. Yep. It, was, it was crazy the first two weeks based baseball and softball. It was, it was yeah. tough.
3: but Have you guys had conversations with, in your meetings, about the contact tracing now that school's starting? Does that fall back on us within the school?
0: We haven't talked about that.
1: Uh, you know, Jeff, I think our discussions have been that our school nurses are going to be involved in that. You know, we each each school has developed a COVID response team, and our our nurses, our school nurses, are involved in that. But there's a few administrators involved with that. Myself, our school nurse, a few teachers, um, and that group is going to meet and talk through cases when when they arise, which I'm going to guess is going to be quite frequently, um, from what I've seen thus far. Yeah.
3: Yeah. We were kind of told that we were going to be in charge of the contact tracing during a school day and going through that. And I'm like, man, we're going to spend our whole day watching video to see who this person <laughs> was in contact with. I mean, like that's throw out the yeah. AD responsibilities and everything else. I'm going to, I'm going to contact trace, watch film. That's that's not fun.
4: Yeah. 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 That's uh, kind of what we've been instructed to, um, you know, that's how we handled baseball and softball. What is it? public health calling me and saying, Hey, this player, tested positive when, you know, unless they tell them, they probably don't know they're a baseball or softball player. Yeah. Uh, You know, so we've had to kind of take that on just like you said, Jeff, and, um, our nurses are going to help a lot in that, but I'm with you, Jeff. I, I told our superintendent high school principal when we were in the first few weeks of baseball softball, I said if this is any glimpse of what school is like. yeah, it's going to be, it's gonna be tough. Uh, yeah. But w- once we really got through the first couple weeks, it kind of smoothed itself out. Um, you know, and I like, think people started to, you know, understand and you know, mm-hmm. I hope they didn't choose to not tell us, um, which I don't, I don't think they did, but uh, yeah.
3: Well, Hey, I got a soft track. I apologize. I don't have anything else really to add in terms of, uh, practice yep. stuff, what, what you, all you guys are doing. So we're, we're similar. I do have a uh, football, the the water manager. I think she's the sanitizer person as well. So I think all the kids have nicknamed her the sanitized person because every time <laughs> they get a drink, they make sure <laughs> that they, they sanitize their hands and they're getting tired of her, her voice of them hearing that. But it's working, obviously.
2: That's good. Dave, how about you? Uh, ours are pretty much similar. Uh, we have a you know, we we have fewer numbers out, so spreading them out's a little bit easier, probably for us. I mean, we think we have yep. thirty-three out for football, we have twenty-some out for volleyball, and we have two gyms. Our cross-country team meets up at the park. They don't even come into school yet, so um, that's yeah. Other stuff, pretty much, pretty much the same as what other people are doing.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. Good discussion,
0: guys. The next question is about locker rooms. And the procedures you may be using there, getting them in and out, obviously not being able to store equipment there is become, I guess they're going to have stinky cars now instead of a stinky locker room. Um, but you know, and maybe share, if you've got another facility, another building where you're kind of storing stuff, I know that's happened happening maybe at a few schools, but, um, how are you handling locker rooms? I guess your procedures that you're following there with your teams. Uh, Taylor, you're first up on this one.
4: Um, pretty fortunate to our football facility is not, our practice facility, I should say, is not really by our school. Um, so our kids have always had stinky cars. Um, <laughs> they typically just put it in their car, which isn't the right thing to do in terms of sanitizing, even in a normal year. Um, you know, and you get your really good parents and players that take it out every day and sanitize it when they get home. Um, you know, so I've, this is one I'm struggling with and, you know, we really kind of broached the subject midweek this past week with our coaches of, you know, how do we, you know, staggering eight to 10 players at a time. you know, I think Todd, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, I got an idea from, I can't remember who it was, um, AD around the state somewhere but they you know they're going to use their gym as a like <laughs> a visiting locker room for their football teams. Uh, we typically just use our like uh, JB girls locker room for the varsity away team that when they come. Um you know so I might do that and just have them take their shoes off um when they come in so we don't have to tarp the the gym floor every time. Uh, you know and add 5 minutes at halftime probably every time which is going to stink because you guys know we have that extra timeout um, every four minutes, but um, you yeah, know, honestly, yeah, I'm going to take all the ideas I can get from you guys here on this one um, mm-hmm. because it's we've really just started the subject the past week where we don't really have our teams using them right now. Um, yeah. So, I, but it's going to be crunch time this week to figure that out um, yep. as we you know head into the school school day.
3: Jeff, about locker rooms for you. Yeah, we're off-site a little bit in terms of football complex, but our coach has really said we probably don't have a need to use them. So we're going to sanitize kids down, you know, their equipment before they leave to make sure it actually happens. I've suggested yes, to him, let's wash those practice jerseys every Thursday so I know that they're actually happening, and that may be four loads of laundry on site. But we got new practice jerseys with all numbers, so it should be pretty easy to give back out um you know but hopefully the pants and that stuff get home he's also considered kind of eliminating a lot of the pants you know just kids wearing shorts so each day they're taking their own stuff home you know but we still got to get ready for a football game and do all that but with school starting thursday you know we're things will change a little bit but a lot of the kids have kept their stuff in their uh in their cars anyway volleyball we got kind of two adjacent locker rooms there so they can spread out and store some things uh Differently as well, but we'll we'll spray stuff down the best we can. Dave, how about you? Well,
2: if I if I understood things correctly, kind of changed that uh, in terms of we can use lockers if it's up to the school. If I understand that right, kind of was at first we had you couldn't store them in there, but uh, unless I'm misreading things, I think we can now. So basically, what we do is we don't allow them to put any of their, their – they have to take all their clothing, all their own personal items out. Uh, we hang the pads in the locker room, and our, our coaches have, like, a pump sprayer, hand sprayer. We spray the sanitizer right on the uh, equipment right in the locker. They hang them where, they, where they're able to do that. And uh, then we're washing the, the uh, practice gear as well. Uh, here on site. I think they're doing that a couple times a week, uh, at, at least. So, uh, we're we're doing that as well. Um, we try to stagger people going in. I'm going to be honest. I don't, you know, sometimes it, it works and probably other times it's not. They do have to wear masks in the locker rooms. We kind of already talked about that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other teams, volleyball, we're trying to stagger when they release the different Levels, I guess you could say, and uh, send them in there and limit the amount of people in there.
0: I'm going to claim Go ignorance on this because I did not know that. That so, you're Did they change that to where you can store your pads and stuff in the locker? room? Yeah. I
5: think, what, 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 I, think I think yeah. Well, I heard what Dave heard, and I think uh, the guidance was that if you have a locker that does not have the mesh. Um, in other words, it's all enclosed, uh, you can, you can put some stuff in there. Okay. However, what we've chosen to do, and I'm just going to kind of lead into this here is, is uh, our helmets and shoulder pads, uh, shoes, that type of thing are going to be put in front of the locker on the floor so that they can be sanitized that night. And then anything that's personal should be going home, like Dave said, uh, to get washed, et cetera. But um, they did, they did open up the locker rooms um, where you could bring in gear and um, an order, and then uh, sanitize it at night. I have no idea what
4: we're going to do with our middle school, though. I'll be honest with you. I struggle with middle school as well, Brent.
2: Yeah, middle we school got, is going to be tough.
4: We got so many kids out in our middle school activities.
0: Brent, anything else? on? Thanks for sharing that. I, I again, well, completely, completely you know, I did the, not see that.
2: The Thursday meeting that we had originally, they said you had to take your equipment home. And then, then, uh, I think they came out the next day or,
4: um, yeah, they sent out a, they they sent out a thing email.
2: that, that yeah. clarified that they did some more checking with their athletic training association or somebody. With this
4: and, Friday, Uh, I think it was this past um,
2: Monday. This, this past Monday it came out. I think it was from Todd. Dart. Gee, yes. It was, a, yeah, I, I
1: it was from Todd dark. It was, it was, um, it was a word doc. That they sent
0: out. Okay. I'll have to go back and look that
5: up. Thank you. Powder was too busy smoking baloney. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> if I'm not smoking baloney, I'm preparing to smoke baloney or something else. So and by the way, your fajitas looked amazing, but
5: they were good. They were good. Anything else with locker rooms there, at DCG Brent? I think the only thing that I'm thinking about with my middle school kids is we've got eighth and ninth graders that are coming out of one side of the school. If we do have a big, where uh, utility like a shed on the north side of our campus. Um, I'm half thinking about allowing those because that's where they practice. That is down on that site is is stripping off their shoulder pads and helmets and using that big mechanical shed as a opportunity to, you know, leave their stuff there. I don't know how to. I, I don't know. That's just a thought. But I know middle school is going to be tough. I'm I'm with yeah. you.
0: That's uh, another whole beast.
1: But hey, next question, guys, is hold up, Scott? What do I'm guys- going to pause oh, okay. for just one minute.
0: Um, I think you're outside. Do you have a pterodactyl flying around you right now? I don't know. I just want to make sure you're see- safe. <laughs> Sounds like you're being attacked by birds.
1: I, i it, there. Might be a pterodactyl up here. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't see one, but I've got my umbrella above me. So, <laughs> well, who knows
0: what got blown in? It could have gotten blown in from you know, the West coast somewhere, but
1: right, yeah. anyway,
0: sorry, I, I broke our chain of thought, but, uh, no,
1: no worries. I, I like to it. Sure you were okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. So what are you guys doing with water? I know uh, you guys talked about a little bit, but what are you doing with like water hydration, uh, using water caddy, or it sounded like, uh, Jeff has got a water person that they're actually taking care of, uh, the water. But, uh, Jeff, what, what are you guys actually doing with your water person?
3: Well, everyone's got a water bottle, you know, which I know will get sticky in in games when maybe two kids don't come off the the field, but we do have a a manager that's got a glove and a mask on all the time and she's filling up water bottles nonstop. So she turns it on, she turns it off. Uh, We do have a water type caddy. I just, I don't know how you can use that or a water trough with 12 different spigots coming out. I don't know how you can use that. You know, you you touch it and you got to sanitize it down. I, I don't, I don't know if we can do that. So, I think we're water bottles for now, unless I hear otherwise from someone else who has a better idea.
1: We lose you, Scott? Yep. Can you hear me? Gotcha. All right. Dave, what are you guys doing for water?
2: Uh, We have – each kid has their own water bottle uh, for football – their number on it and everything and then we have one person filling them um i did ask the question on the football uh zoom meeting they had the other day we we were talking to our trainer and she thought it would be better a game uh, for games rather than having that many different water bottles if we could use get those cup trays and then Mm. one person fills them and they you know they drink it and they throw it throw it away themselves so and like Mm -hmm. get it handed to them so we're waiting for some guidance back on that i todd Mm -hmm. tharp wasn't sure on that he's supposed to be putting something out uh regarding that then the other you know volleyball they bring their own um that kind of thing so that's kind of what we're doing
1: all right thanks dave brent how about you guys
5: yeah right now everybody's bringing their own bottles and um i i'm i'm sure that we've got a plan uh what I've seen is I've seen managers gloved up and running the uh, water caddies uh, when guys need more water in their, in their uh, you know, water bottle. So right. one person gloving up and masked up and
4: she's the water gal.
5: Yep. All right, Taylor, how about you guys?
1: What are you guys doing with water?
4: Uh, similar to kind of everybody else. We do have our, our water spigot. Everybody's bringing their own water bottle uh, to practice from cross country, uh, football, uh, volleyball. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have our water spigot going out at football, but kids aren't using it. It's just allowed to refill, um, mm-hmm. water jugs throughout the, um, throughout practice. And then game days, uh, we'll have a manager handle our, um, our water caddy, I think is what it's called. Okay. Um, yeah.
1: Thank you, guys.
0: Guys, how about transportation? Uh, what are you doing with transportation, putting kids on buses, getting them to games? Dave, how about you?
2: Uh, we're kind of staying similar to what we did for baseball and softball and the guidelines there. Right now, our superintendent is wanting to spread, keep kids out. So we'll take uh, multiple buses uh, if we need, need to. I believe we're going to give the option of players right, their parents taking their players. However, we're not gonna try to encourage or, you know, promote that too much. Um, So as long as we can stay uh, with the zigzag and keep the spacing in the buses and we have enough drivers to do that, um, that's what we're gonna do. And uh, if not, then they'll be face masked on the bus.
0: Gotcha. Brent, about you and transportation?
5: Yeah, we're going to transport like we did last year, um, to a seat. Everybody's got to be masked windows down. No one sits behind the driver. Um, and we'll run transportation as we have in the past, just, uh, that everybody's masked up. One thing we are going to do that might be worth talking about here is, is, uh, since we are hybrid, one of my big concerns was, was how do we get those middle school kids to practice that are mm-hmm. at home? You know, um, So our transportation has been very gracious and we're going to be providing shuttles at 245 from three different sites in Grimes and also from one site in Dallas center so that we are um, getting our uh, distance learning kids that have an opportunity to get to practice, uh, to practice uh, that way. So uh, I know there's several different models and ideas out there, you know, where your A kids are going to be practicing on the day and B kids just stay home. But we felt it was important to try to get, our kids to school if they, if they can. And so we're going to provide shuttles to, uh, to and from the school in that situation.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. That's a great idea,
3: Brent. Brent with your big budget, I thought you chartered everywhere. How are you going to roll down those windows?
5: (laughs) It's just a Glenwood. And the only reason we come to Glenwood is to get hamburgers for the white red home. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you can't do that this year. Can you? Uh, no, Taylor. How about you in
4: transportation up in the Lakes Conference area? Uh, we are um, going to be a little more lenient. We were pretty uh, followed the guidelines really hard during uh, baseball and softball, and a lot of parents take. And I think there were some games where we had two people to ride the bus. Um, uh, so, but we are, you know, since we're going to be, you know, full bus to and from school uh, for the day. We felt it was all right to have our teams do that as well, but we will have them required to wear face covering, You know, not sit behind the driver to protect the driver. Um, we just, we don't have enough. Uh, we'll still allow parents to take kids. Um, I'm just not gonna press it as hard as I did uh, during the summer. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: Thanks. Hey Jeff, how about down in Glenwood?
3: Last I heard, we were still waiting for some updated guidance from the Department of Ed, and I don't know if that's still coming. Um, you know, but we'll we'll do it similar to baseball. Uh, we'll allow parents to transport. We've got a waiver that kids sign, and then uh, we'll go two to a seat if we need to with with mask on. Yep,
0: very similar. That's what we're going to do as well. Kind of parents have the option, but they they can also uh, will mask up if we're on the bus. Guys, I'm going to – we're going to – the last question, basically, we're going to talk about is just if you have any conference procedures that you may be following within your conference, if you've met and decided anything. If you haven't, that's fine. Just, you can just say you haven't decided. Um, Heart of Iowa, uh, where we compete, Green County and our, our league, uh, we are requiring masks as you enter a facility as you move about the facility, and as you exit. When you get to your seat, you know that, that's up to you, but we're gonna require it to get into the facility. We are also requiring that all K-8 students come to an event with their parent and sit with their parent. Hmm. The only student section we may have will be high school, uh, but if you're a K-8 student, you have to be with an adult and, or their parent, and you have to be sitting with them no running around or things like that. So uh, we adopted that last week as ADs, and then our principals approved it uh, virtually as well. Uh, so that's those are two things that we're doing in the heart of Iowa Conference. How about in the CIML, Scott? Any special conference procedures you're doing? Yeah,
1: we, we, uh, we limited roster sizes for volleyball. Um, for football, we're allowing our uh, – For um, guest volleyball, we're giving our visitors two tickets. Um, For football, we're allowing um, uh, 160 uh, minimum, a maximum of 200 tickets to visiting teams for football games. Um, Those are kind of the big ones, but we released, we had a press release go out Friday night um, to kind of explain to everybody what our fan procedures. um, Swimming will not have any, Uh, guests, any guests uh, coming, and a lot of our swimming facilities will not allow any spectators just because of the size of the venues. So um, just a lot of fan restrictions. Um, But as you guys all know, Polk County is kind of a hot spot. So our um, restrictions might be a lot more stringent than some other counties. Let me ask
0: one extra question here before we we get to Butch on the Little Hawkeye Conference. You hosting cross country meets? Or are you doing anything special for your cross country
1: meets? We are limiting the uh, entries to our cross country meets, um, so we'll only have like uh, seven, you know, um, seven runners per uh, school, um, and then I'm just splitting the race. Like I'm instead of hosting one. Uh, cross country meet I'm hosting three so I can split kids up and um, actually our student athletes are going to wear masks at the starting gate and we're going to um, in the shoots where we the starting line we're going to put spaces in between there and just try to widen those out as much as possible to create a little more social distancing for the runners.
0: So they're going to wear their masks in the shoot then they can take that down once the race starts?
5: Yep. Okay. We're going we're gonna to physical distance our, our starting grids as well, just like Scott's doing. Um, the one thing I do like, actually stole from Southeast Polk and Jason Campbell over there, is, is uh, so instead of running two races like we normally would, we're going to run four, and we're going to run our JV girls and then our varsity girls, and then we're going to take about a half an hour break and dump the, try to dump the facility if we can. And then we're going to ask all-girl teams, to go home and <clears throat> clear the course, and then um, hopefully our boys, people, they're going to have an arrival time, with which time that they can arrive, and then 45 minutes later we'll start that first race with JV boys followed by varsity boys. So we're going to try to do some things uh, in splitting up the races, and then um, intentionally putting in a uh, 45 to an hour, 45 minute to an hour time period where we're going to hopefully dump the course.
3: Brett, hmm. how many teams do you have at your meet?
5: I believe there's 10 coming.
4: It's a really good idea, Brent, to you know allow for that you know 30-minute you know, downtime. I worry about it getting dark now, but um, yeah, I don't know what time you start. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I like that idea. I might run that by our coach. Right now we're
5: starting at 4, but I'm not sure that's going to give us enough time, but um, we've got some other things to think about, too, in terms of elementary release times and things like that. So now we're starting at four.
3: Jeff, you got cross country? Yep. We, uh, we don't run at our golf course. We kind of got our own cross country course. So we're kind of spread all the way from the top of the hill, all the way down to the bottom. So I don't have too many concerns from a fan standpoint. Uh, runners were wide enough to be able to split that grid a little bit. Um, but that first, 400 meters. I mean, it's, it's, it's jam packed in there. Um, you know, but after that it will spread out. So hopefully, hopefully it's a, a quick minute where people are, you know, separating out and, and going from there, but yeah, we're, we'll, we're still working through some, some things there, of what that looks like. Gotcha. Dave, do you host a cross country meet?
2: Yeah, we host, uh, we host one. Uh, I guess I, I'm going to be meeting with our cross country coach, see how we want to do this. If we want to, limit our entries we actually have a 14 team so it's for us it's a pretty big meet um so yeah we we, we're going to consider maybe limiting entries or um splitting things up obviously the starting boxes we'll try to spread those out as much as we can um that way
0: very good All right, back to our conferences. Little Hawkeye Conference. Anything there, Brent, that you're doing
5: at the conference? You know, one of the things we talked about and one of the the, um, issues that we had in baseball and softball is that when you went to someone else's ballpark, um, their social distancing or physical distancing guidelines were different than what ours were. For example, at DCG, we used blue tape. And blue tape meant you weren't supposed to sit there. Okay. Anything that was taped in blue, those bleachers are off limit. Well, you might go to Grinnell and it might be yellow tape or, or, and you can sit on yellow tape at Grinnell. So yeah. what we did is well, we, we, um we said, okay, for the fall, when you're taping off bleachers, we're going to use the color blue and blue means no sit, whether you're at a volleyball match at Pella or whether you're, whether Norwalk's coming to DCG, those are all going to be similar so that people at least, you know, have an idea as to as to what they can expect when they come to our facilities now we haven't talked necessarily in our we have a district football meeting coming up here on tuesday that um well i'd like to share some of those same ideas but we didn't talk about that at our first district meeting but anyway uh so anyway physical distancing uh taping off bleachers is one masking is kind of all over the board i think we were all under the general consensus that we want to mask people when they come in and get through the ticket gate and in, 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 in any public spaces. And then once they get to their seats, they can, if they, if they feel comfortable enough to take them off, they can. Um, I believe Norwalk is going to require, Norwalk and Indianola, I can't remember which one, is going to require masks the entire time. We may, we may end up going down that road, I don't know. Um, football, um, at the time we had our discussion last week, no one was considering putting a cap on attendance uh, since then we've decided to put a cap on attendance. And um, we're actually, you know, a little shout out to hometown ticketing. We're working with uh, Mike uh, Perry and his group and um, are gonna, all of our tickets will be advanced sales. Um, Gonna try to put them in different, put our tickets in different buckets for different places and things like that. Um, uh, But no other, we'll have another district football meeting here uh, coming up here on Tuesday to decide that. We also decided to take our curtain raiser um, off of friday and put it on thursday at least at dcg um, i don't and i guess the reason for that is because if i'm going to be selling re- reserve ticketing um and i don't wanna have to dump that freshman stadium uh, we're just gonna have one game per night and uh, do it that way so we will not sell reserve tickets for any any lower level games just all just varsity football only gotcha
0: so when you're doing hometown ticketing on that with your online are you do you have a code or anything? So you make sure parents get it. Are you just opening that up to parents for a while? And then what's left, you'll open it up to the public.
5: No, we're going to limit the amount of tickets that a participant can have. So that's one of our buckets of tickets. One of our links will be, okay, we know we've got, uh, what is it? Uh, 500 and I think it's like, 520 tickets that will be available to parents and the general public. Parents will have a unique code that they can use to, in order to get secure four tickets and they'll have the first opportunity of that. And then once their time is up then that'll go to the public, we'll do the same thing with student tickets, uh, where we're going to open up 200 tickets. That's going to be first come first serve, uh, our, our visiting people, visiting fans. I believe there's 340 Mm -hmm. seats available for our visitors. Uh, we'll give them a unique code in which they can, our link in which they can get in into their AD. We'll have that. And then we're going to try to create 100 or 200 spots around the north and south end zones, not the end zone, but outside the track. Um, and that bucket will, on the on the link, it'll say something like, "This is a five dollar ticket, and bring your lawn chair." Okay. Yep. Yeah, this is a lawn chair seat um, for this particular location.
4: So. Gotcha. Very good. How about the Lakes Conference that's uh that's good stuff brent um we met a couple weeks ago now with our superintendents and high school principals and um you know really what came of that is um some of us strive for consistency across our conference and uh, some did not uh and we really are just going to communicate ahead of time what each school's um specific protocols are um i think what we said was a week in advance uh, whether you're playing really really volleyball is the big one, um, you know, and then cr- some people come to our cross-country meet here in Spencer, um, you know, but here we're going to, we were, I felt, um, you know, since we're requiring a face covering in school, uh, we will require a face covering at our events, whether indoor and outdoor. Uh, and we will restrict seating, um, volleyball uh, and football as well. Uh, we'll give six tickets per player both home and away and i went out and actually blocked off our bleachers um, and mapped it out of how many we could fit came out to about 20 percent capacity um you know and how we were going to make our student section work and, and things like that um that's probably both indoors and outdoors like our home side and our football field is 1700 uh and it fit 450 i think so um you know like brent said we got some spaces um around our you know our, our fence line on our north and south end zones uh to kind of make that work too so you know in the next week or so i need to get out there and actually you know put that blue tape or whatever that is down to and commu- put that in our communications to our opponents who come to, to come to spencer to play um and gotcha. i think what else um Mm-hmm. That's, that's we don't we can't have spectators at swimming either um we swim at our y just not they got so many young kids there um the we were gonna take our parent spectators out of the pool and allow more spacing for our teams to fit on the pool deck um and put them in the, the viewing area which is where all their little kids are at for their um, programming after school so um and in the evening so that um we're going to have to live stream that, which we're going to live stream all our stuff now, and uh, which is a good thing that's coming from this and um, probably the other big one.
0: Great. Thanks. About in the Hawkeye 10, Jeff.
3: Yeah, we got 11, 11 teams in our league, so it's uh, trying to get everyone to agree on something is, has not <laughs> been the case. AD suggested requiring masks uh, for volleyball, and we sent that to our principals and soups and got shut down. So uh, and I, I think the conversation is we're not requiring masks during a school day, yet you want to require it at a volleyball. So you're telling me that volleyball is more important than academics, and that's certainly not what we want to do, but that was the message that they felt we were sending. So we're still all over the place with what we're doing. I need to get some, some guidance out, and we're, we meet again tomorrow, so by Tuesday hopefully we'll have what that looks like, but we've talked blue tape as well. Um, separating stuff out. We have a pretty good facility at home, uh, volleyball as well as football. So we feel we can spread some people out, but I don't want to rely on people and fans that have to social distance. We're, we're going to have to mandate that a little better. Otherwise it'll be like baseball and softball and it's,
4: it's not going to happen. So yeah, I'm uh i I'm with you on that one, Jeff. I think, um, you know, and I mentioned this to you, Todd uh, lunch the other day, of just a, you have to control it in a way where you're setting it up for social distancing rather than relying on people to just do it. Otherwise it's like you said, Jeff, it's not going to happen. Um, you know, and I think it's, you know, I mean, it's our job to protect our kids and staff and communities having these large events and, um, you know, we got to set it up in a way to be successful and get through the season.
0: Yep. No doubt. Thank you. Dave, how about over in the River Valley Conference?
2: Yeah, our ADs, we came to consensus that we're going to require face coverings to be worn at our indoor events. Uh, So volleyball, all fans will be expected to wear face coverings. We took that to the Board of Control, our BOC, and uh, it was unanimously agreed upon to do that. We did have some superintendents. We we, we didn't... uh, suggest or make the recommendation to limit fans at this point. Um, but our is we have, uh, well, we have 14 teams and we're spread out. I mean, I know you guys travel a little bit, but, you know, we have, I don't know how many different counties. So when you start talking public health, uh, we're getting, I bet we have uh, probably five to six counties um that we deal with, and you know, you get down in Johnson County, we have Iowa City Regina in our conference, so that's a whole different uh, beast than what we have here in Jackson County. Um, so we were trying to get something. Uh, we, we wanted to, to have some commonality and get on the same page, so that was what we decided to do for volleyball, and I think um, hopefully that's going to work out well. Um, we're going to visit about the cross-country meet. We may not have a super meet. We've talked about just splitting that up into a divisional meet. We we meet have a AD meeting here coming up Thursday, so we'll discuss that a little further so we haven't hammered those details out.
0: Great. Thanks, guys. Scott, you're taking us home here with this last
1: question. So, hey, guys, we've talked about all this – negative stuff for all the stuff that we're kind of taking away but what thing what one thing are you looking forward to this fall what what's gonna you know just be something that's gonna be special to you and something that's gonna you're gonna look forward to this fall
4: taylor how about you start us off um that's a great question um you know i think the thing i've been (laughs) uh the thing that's been so nice throughout the summer, you know, particularly in July, um, obviously baseball and softball was going on and that was a little bit more normal. Uh, but then just see like our school was dead. I mean, similar to you guys, nobody was in there and you're so used to constant go, 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 go all the time. Um, and it was nice to get kids back uh, and see them compete, uh, and the joy that that brings, I think just to, not that the, themselves, obviously, but, um, you know, our community, uh, our school, um, their parents, um, you know, and uh, it's a small thing, but it's a, it's a big escape, I think, for a lot of people. And, you know, I was listening to a video of PJ Fleck, um, Minnesota's head football coach. And, you know, he talked about the, um, you know, the mental and social and health of, you know, kids and communities and, um, you know, when making decisions that has to be at the forefront, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and protecting our kids. And, you know, I think uh, getting to do some of our normal stuff, um, you know, I know that brings worries to a lot of us uh, in control of this stuff because it ultimately comes back on us. But um, I think uh, to get back and see that joy, it brings people um, in terms of competing or activities, whether it be band choir, um, which is a whole nother, Topic for another day um yeah. but uh you know yeah just seeing that that joy in, in people um you know, back in our activities yeah thanks jeff. thanks taylor jeff how about you
3: yeah anything that's normal any normal see is, is a good <laughs> thing so uh yeah. ha- having our kids in our building obviously our kids want to be back but we need our kids back and i need our kids back and i want to see them compete and i want to see them walk down the hallway and i want to be able to have conversations with them because it's from March. 23rd on, you know, that really haven't been in our building a whole lot until we started letting them come in a little bit uh, in the summer. So um, seeing kids compete and, you know, fight for things that they want will, will be good for, for all of us.
1: Thank you, Jeff. Dave, how about you?
2: Uh, kind of just piggyback on what those guys said. I think just having yeah. people around, being able to communicate face-to-face, even if that is six feet away. And behind a mask, it's gonna be it's gonna be better than. I mean, I, I Zoom was fun for about two weeks, and then. Uh, it's like, in fact, I have a. I'm having a coaches meeting here in about 15 minutes over Zoom as well, but. I'm looking forward to that, and to help the uh, Beyond the Bench podcast maybe get three times the money from hometown ticketing. We signed on too, so uh, all right. We're, I'm looking forward to seeing how that works. So that's something new and exciting, and uh, just being around and being around people. Not in other ads. I mean, it's we yeah. haven't met as a conference in face, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do that. And I look forward to just being around, being around people again. Um, you know, I, I, know my wife has enjoyed being holed up with me, uh, <laughs> cause I'm entertaining, I guess, but, uh, and I, and I've enjoyed her too. So it's just going to be nice to, to get back. We have a senior this year. So just, oh, cool. Ho- hopefully it'll be, hopefully be quasi yeah. normal. I know it's not going to be like it used to be.
5: Yeah. Thanks Dave. Butch, how about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to the end of the season. I'll be honest with you. Um, <clears throat> that's, that's not to say that I'm not going to savor, you know, every opportunity we get to, get to, uh, you know, on Friday nights or Tuesdays or whatever it happens to be to watch our kids play. But we get to the end of the season and go, you know what? We, we gave this a good run, okay, and we did the right things. Um, that's yeah. going to be one thing I'm going to be looking forward to. I think the other thing I'm looking forward to, I'm really looking forward to is, is Um, And for those of your listeners that are listening from outside the state of Iowa, there was about a 200 mile width band all the way through the state of Iowa. that got absolutely destroyed from that Uh windstorm. And I guess what I'm really anxious to see and excited to see is those schools rise from the ash and um, whether it's South Tama or the Cedar Rapids schools or Grinnell or, you know, those schools that had some major damage um, because you know that they're going to Be they are being very resilient. They're putting pieces of the puzzle back together. And when they flip their lights on on Friday night or or are able to play uh, volleyball on a Tuesday um, and and we start seeing some of those stories come out of those cities, um, I'm really looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, that'll be fun. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys all being with us. I know you're all busy, and um, I know these have been stressful and anxiety-ridden times, but uh, I appreciate you guys spending the evening with us tonight.
0: Yes, definitely. Uh, thanks, Scott. Glad you got power back. I hope you get back to the uh, 21st century with the internet very soon. And hope <laughs> your, your girls will uh, not be too scarred for life once that happens.
1: And, so, and you know, maybe guys, we'll make Dave, that pterodactyl our pet. We'll get that pterodactyl pet
0: oh, I'm, I'm glad you made it through, but uh, Fred Flintstone that baby and let's, let's have some pterodactyl <laughs> stew.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Dave, uh, Brent, Taylor, Jeff, thank you uh, for joining us, and thank you for all that you do. Uh, You're all class acts, and uh, you're great for your communities and your kids, and we certainly appreciate you joining us. Good luck as you get the fall seasons going uh, full force, and I know we'll probably all talk at some point throughout the year as well. So thank you. uh, Best of luck to you and everything that you do. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. And thank uh, you you to all of our listeners for uh, tuning in and uh, for listening to this great podcast with these great ADs. And um, we hope you uh, are out there just having success and uh, getting through as well. And remember, just if you have questions or anything, reach out to us. Uh, Be on the bench. Reach out to any of these ADs. I know they'll help you as well um, because that's what we do. So have a great week. We look forward to talking to you again. And be blessed, everyone.